Hello and welcome to the Rebel Mother Club podcast. This show amplifies the voice of change-making rebel mothers. Mothers who are causing quiet rebellion, taking action with radical responsibility to clean up the 21st century dirty mess we find ourselves in. Can this overlooked underground domestic army be the answer to our environmental prayers? I am your rebel mother host, Sophie, radical healer, artist, keeper of blood wisdom. I'm guiding us home to the earth womb, channeling the great cosmic mother. I help women remember, remember our powers in intimacy, igniting our cosmic ecstasy for life. I do this through intimate conversation, rebel women's circles, and my intimate pleasure shop called I Feel. In this episode, I get to chat to Tina Newman, who is bringing change with her children's book, Vivi the Super Vegan. Welcome to the Rebel Mother podcast. I am joined here today with Tina Newman. Tina Newman, nicknamed Beanie, sorry, <laughs> I hope you don't mind me confessing <laughs> your nickname, is an author to the new vegan children's book series, Viv the super vegan and a mother of two little vegans herself. Tina, welcome to the show. Tell me what this radical act that you are bringing to the world is of Viv the super vegan. Oh, it's Vivi the super vegan. I probably spelt that wrong. Really, correct me. Yes. Carry on. Vivi. Vivi the super vegan. Um, yeah, it's kind of like it came out of, um, I went vegan three years ago. And because I've got two little girls, um, I straight away wanted to find some books and everything that backed up our new lifestyle. And um, I just saw there's a real lack of vegan friendly books, let alone books with a vegan message throughout. And um, I just thought I was going to write some myself. Wow. Amazing. So how was that? What was the starting process and the, the, the writing <laughs> Gosh, well, um, yeah, I've never done anything like that before. So it was all really new to me. So I basically had to go right back to basics and look where you even start. I had all of these ideas in my head and I knew how I wanted it to be because I'd already found some books out there which are kind of more educational, which is great. But my kids were at the time were only one and three. And um, obviously, you know, it's it's a message that it's quite, it, it can be quite upsetting for children if you've been bringing them up in a different way. So it's something that you have to tackle in the right way. You don't want to scare children. And um, the truth is, is, is very upsetting, really, especially when children come into the world loving and caring for animals. And then they suddenly find out that they've been eating the animals they love. And, um, you know, that can be really upsetting for adults. But for children, you, you know, you have to tackle it right. So I wanted to keep the kind of um, the fun and mischief and magic that children love about reading books, but kind of bringing that message all throughout the books as well. So I did some research um, to find out the kind of books that were out there already. And um, obviously I was struggling to find that kind of um, the balance. So um, I came up with my stories and then had to research how to even go about getting the books published. And I've got a cousin in London 
um, who's in a publishing company and she said, look, you can go down the, the two routes. It's quite simple. You can go down the traditional route or you can self-publish. And I was like, right, give me the pros and cons with, the, with both. And she was like, obviously the traditional route, you don't have to pay anything up front. They will obviously source the um, illustrator, source the editor, do everything for you and then take the cut at the end. Um, but you don't have the freedom. You don't have the freedom to pick the kind of illustration style. Um, everything's taken away from you, which is just, that's just not me. So although the other route is a lot more daunting when you haven't done anything like this, I was like, I'm going to go for that. Um, so yeah, I had to do everything myself and uh, it's quite difficult and it's quite daunting when you've never written anything before, but I tackled each little step along the way. Um, and I've, I've had the freedom to do everything how I've wanted. So yeah, that's basically the process. I love that. And there's, the, there's that, there's that freedom yeah. in, in your way. Mm -hmm. That's the power, isn't it? And actually that's so, it's so wrapped up in what you're bringing and even more important for now as well. I want to ask you more. So talk to me about where the stories came from. What was the, what was the spark? What was the inspiration for Vivi? Okay, so um, obviously I've, the Vivi character, I have two little girls and um, the, the characters in the, the first book are loosely based on my family. So I've got two little girls um, and obviously she has the little sister at the end. And uh, without giving away too much of the story, obviously at the end, uh, her sister is born under the Christmas tree at home. And I did have a home birth with my second under the Christmas tree. So obviously anybody who knows me will know that that is that little bit of us in the story. But it's obviously not based on us because we can't do magic and the mischievous things that Vivi does. Um, but the first story I wanted to kind of just introduce everybody to the characters and these special powers that Vivi has. And um, I got a lot of inspiration really from my eldest, who is now six, Lila. And, um, you know, when I told her what I was going to be doing, she was like, ah, oh, like coming up with these really cool ideas because obviously having kids is great. They have these amazing ideas. Um, so I would be bouncing ideas off her and um, it, was, it was a really cool process to do. But the main kind of um, power that she has, the speculo power, which is all about Vivi can, can show, she reflects the truth back at people when they look in her eyes. Um, it's, it was such an important thing to me because I was vegetarian for 21 years before I even became vegan. And even um, me, if somebody had started saying things that I wasn't quite, um, I, didn't, I didn't understand or, um, you know, I loved animals so much, which is why I went vegetarian at 11. But if somebody started saying something, when you don't have the knowledge or you're not in that place and you're not open-minded, you can get quite defensive. So things can, you can react to things, um, which is just our conditioning. That is, that is exactly what happens to us. And we're so conditioned by society and, and our family and our friends and, you know, the government, whatever, whatever it is, we are conditioned. Um, so I wanted to kind of bring in that element that this little girl has the power of compassion, that when she looks at people, it sparks something off and, and it makes them look at what their choices are doing and um that's the kind of main thing in the first book wow amazing thanks <laughs> nice. um so talk to me about so what yeah so what have you faced with going vegan yeah um and yeah what comes up for you what do you meet with that 
So we, um, yeah, as I say, it's only been three years for us. And obviously I was veggie for 21 years before anyway. So it wasn't a massive shift. I don't think anyone was surprised with me because I'm an absolute animal lover. I've always thought if I'd have known what I know now, I would have gone vegan at 11. I wouldn't have gone vegetarian. Obviously I was breastfeeding my two at the time when I found out about what happens in the dairy industry. And it literally floored me. I was, I was in bits to find that out as a mother. Um, so it was kind of like a, a natural progression for me and, you know, finding out about the environmental impact that, you know, eating, eating animals is having and the agricultural industry, all of these things, it probably wasn't a massive, um, shock to my family and friends, but I still have come up against some opposition with, with people, but the longer it's gone on, the more other people are making changes themselves now, because we all need to obviously act to, to save the, the, the planet and save the animals that we love and each other and our, you know, prevent future pandemics. So I don't think it's, you know, now veganism is going more mainstream. It's kind of, it's more, um, you know, acceptable if that makes sense. And my husband went from full on carnivore to vegan overnight with me, which was just the biggest shock ever because he never even considered becoming vegetarian. So I've had the support from my you know, direct family, um, but we had just moved from London to Suffolk when we went vegan. So where we were, it would have probably been a lot more um, acceptable and uh, a commonplace thing. We moved to a, a rural farming community <laughs> and then went vegan. <laughs> so you can imagine. <laughs> and obviously now, being a vegan author of two children's books in a village where everybody is, uh, you know, family and part of the farming community. I'm sure I'm not the most loved person in the village, put it that way. Uh, uh, so I'm curious about your illustrations about mm. in your book. Where have they come from? Is that from you or have you had someone work with you? Oh gosh, I'd love to take credit for them because they're so beautiful. But no, I've had uh, two separate illustrators for both books. Um, one was a lady uh, called Holly and she was in, I think it was Somerset. Um, and the second one was a guy in Canada, Luke Ives, and they're both extremely talented, but I would love to be able to draw like that, but it's just not my bag. And so what, how have you found, how did you, I want to come back to the lockdown, yeah. our first lockdown. How do you find that as a mother and as a creative with what you're bringing with your book? That was, yeah, that was tough. I'm sure everybody was in the same boat. But for me, um, we had to shut down our shop for the first few months because um, my husband, um, he's been going battling his own illness for the past three years anyway. So we were obviously majorly panicked at the start because nobody understood everything. So we kind of just had to shut everything down. And I had to almost take that creative hat off, um, even though my second book was well underway with the illustrator and everything. He also had to um, put everything on the back burner because he became the main child carer for his child in Canada. So everything was just crazy. And, um, you know, because I'm self-published, it, it's not like we had this big deadline. In my head, I'd set a deadline for when I wanted to launch. But it was a lot more relaxed than obviously if I had other people, um, you know, doing the publishing process for me. So that, that side of things, I was very fortunate, but it was frustrating in the way that it wasn't moving how I'd kind of pictured it to, but 
I had to let all of that go myself because, um, you know, there was a lot more important things going on. So I had to take off that creative hat and become mother and try, try and be there for the kids and keep everything as happy and normal as possible. And I gave up on homeschooling right from the beginning that, <laughs> that I just couldn't even, couldn't even keep on top of. So, um, yeah, I just had to just to go with the flow, really, with it all. Yeah, it was that, wasn't it? It was that. Whole it was. Go and just like, what is this? It's this whole yeah. And so then coming out of that, now you, where where are you at with the books now? Tell us where you're at with the books now. So my second book launched in October, so it's literally just launched. Um, so it was only a few months after I'd kind of pictured it, so that was great. Um, and yeah, that came out on what? Uh, what are we on now? Yeah, October the third. And um, yeah, it's going really well. It's Vivi and the Planet Protector, this one. So I've brought in a little lad um, who's got her, his own kind of um, powers and they're teaming up. And I wanted it to kind of show that, so show children that when you're working with a friend and working with other people, there's even more power with what you're doing. And um, yeah, it's having a really positive um, response, which is great. Amazing. Because I saw, were you, were you in the paper recently? Was there? Yes. Yeah. Yes in the good old EADT, <laughs> which I'm sure has sparked many a conversation online, which I stay away from seeing all of the trolling comments. <laughs> Best way. <laughs> and so how can we find you? Where would we find, how we get our hands on your book? Oh yeah, yeah. So the books are available um, via our website directly, which is um, uk and they are available worldwide. So we've been sending them all over, which is awesome. Seeing the addresses come in, it's so exciting. Like we've had Japan and Brazil and Australia and um, all over the place. It's, it's so yeah, it's really really positive to see. So you've got the book. So what? Um, if parents, I mean, I know there's so much out there now, but as, a, as if parents are curious and they're looking to do this transition, but feel overwhelmed about it, yeah. what, what have you got for them? What could you say to sort of help give them some reassurance and guidance for the transition? Of course, yeah, because um, it, it, can, it, it can be really overwhelming, even to somebody like myself, as I said, even though I was vegetarian, I was like, oh my gosh, it suddenly seems like such a massive step, but um, I did something called Challenge 22, which is quite similar to Veganuary on Facebook. So it's a free 22-day challenge. And um, you just literally sign up. And there are loads of other people doing it for the same month as you. And you get free mentors. You get nutritionists. You get um, access to loads of different um, you know, help and topics and everything. You can put any question at any time. I found that really, really helpful because any question you have, like someone's there to answer it straight away. And within a week, I was like, oh, wow, we've got this. This is really easy. And um, there are so many products coming out every day now that it's almost like you've got too much choice, which is like awesome to see. Um, but I've also I also run a group with four other mothers in Suffolk. Um, called the V-Gang Mamas. And uh, we set it up a few years ago when we all met because we were all transitioning at the same time and we wanted to put a group together, um, obviously in Suffolk. So we were meeting up all the time, like once a month and putting on meals and the group was growing and growing and growing. It was amazing to see, but obviously in you know the circumstances at the minute, we're online and we've got an Instagram page and a Facebook page. 
for anybody. You don't have to be a parent. We just call that because we're mums. Um, but we offer, you know, help. We've got one of our mums is um, she's, she's trained in nutrition. We've obviously got the help that we can offer from families. So you know the troubles that people may have at school and getting you know vegan options for their kids in schools. Just being there to give people advice and support and help because um, we're all on the same journey. So we've got that as well. But I would honestly say um, my biggest bit of advice would be stick to all your favorite meals and just veganize them. It suddenly takes that, like the panic out of it. So you still get to eat your lasagnas, your shepherd's pie, your pizzas, everything you like. There are so many sweets and ice creams and chocolate available, everything. It's just taking that, like that barrier out and realizing that when people go, oh, vegan food, it's like, the majority of most people's meals is vegan. You know, your pastas, your rice, your fruits, your vegetables, your everything. It's like, it's, it's a lot easier to break down and then look at your food and go, oh yeah, I'll just swap that to the plant-based. And yeah. then it, it becomes very easy. Yeah. And that's how we change, isn't it, Tina? It's that whole thing, the quiet rebellion of like, if we can, it's about where we choose to buy, what we choose Definitely. to eat. And it can be done. It's Definitely, not, yeah. It's not something that you need to be marching around with placards all the time. No. It's something that we can do ourselves. It's that yeah. responsibility of going, do you know what? I'm going to explore this. Mm. It's going to change. Definitely. Yep. And Sorry. Go on. No, it's, just, it's just the fact that like, when you suddenly realise, when you're looking at you know, the planet, and I think now the David Attenborough um, programmes are out, and it's really making people understand how serious this is. And when you have children... You know children are the future and if we can teach our children you know to be compassionate not only to animals but you know to prevent any more of these pandemics and wherever this has come from we'll never know but we know that obviously you know the link between animals and eating animals and the diseases they they give us um and also you know for their health and just that how we're leaving the planet for their future when they say that you know the biggest studies are saying that veganism is the single biggest thing that has the um it reduces your carbon footprint the most and it's such a small thing that you can just do i think the fact that more people are understanding that is incredible and the fact that children they can make the switch like that it's us as adults that the older we get the more conditioned we are and the more our blinkers go up and we think oh we can't do that but when you realize how easy it is and kids will just go oh yeah, well, if you can still eat all the same things and you're not harming an animal and you're not hurting the planet, yeah. it's just, it's so easy to them. So I think once adults can kind of just understand that, it has that knock-on effect for kids who are the future. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, as you're talking, I'm reminded of, sort of conversations I've had with people before and it's that even the transition I've had with people where they've considered, well, you know what, I want to buy the, oh, I'm, I'm I don't want to go fully vegetarian or vegan. I, I, I'll buy free range meat. So I want the pig yeah. to see in the field. And that hurts me still because it's like, even those pigs in the field, mm. if you really educate yourself on what is happening truly, mm. just because they're outside mm. does not mean that that is okay. I know. I we need to start. It's these uncomfortable conversations yeah you know that and I, I was brought up on a farm i have found it extremely confronting and just mm -hmm. very emotional of the damage that has that, that we've that we've let rip throughout the world with 
what we've been doing with animals at just mm -hmm. at mercy I know. feeding what and then and the waste of it so is that did you go i mean i know you said you're a vegetarian already but actually even just you witnessing you know what did you go through what have you been through emotionally with it well it's it's really um it's like a roller coaster it is when i first found out i was in I, as i said i was in bits i was breastfeeding my youngest at the time and it was all kind of it was quite confusing and i felt very um lied to and very very stupid at the same time because I thought, how could I have never questioned where cow's milk comes from? And I just thought they just magically produced it. And they're these happy. I just felt very silly that I'd fallen you know, into this big marketing trap, seeing these happy cows and very, very silly. Um, and then obviously for the last three years, um, it's, it's been up and down because some days I feel really positive and, um, you know, I'm seeing change. I'm seeing a lot of people open-minded and I've done, you know, lots of different outreach events and seen lots of different positive things, but then you've only got to have, uh, you know, go online and see these negative comments from people and who just, you know, the usual comments, but it, you think, well, how can, well, I, how can some people watch the David Attenborough program and they just carry on as normal and ignore what's going on in the world and, and not make any changes? It doesn't make sense in my head. And I'm a real empath. I've always been like that since a child. And moving to the country is right there in your face. You know, in London, you can hide from it. And this is what my husband said. He would go and buy his, his neatly packaged up meat and not even think about it you move to the country and you're seeing this the slaughterhouse trucks going by you're hearing the pigs screaming you're, you're you know we're, we're friends with farmers we we know what's going on it's in your face you're seeing a lot more roadkill everywhere it's, it's very confronting and um you know he has had a real um hard wake-up call with it because he has had even longer to feel kind of like guilty about it and there's no point being in that place you have to acknowledge the fact that you know you didn't know we know now we're doing what we can and you, we're not perfect you know you're not perfect just because you go vegan you know we still have so many things that we're doing you know as an individual and um but there's nothing you, you can't be perfect so you can only do what you can and have that intention but i would say my feelings go up and down and being a mother and seeing you know the stuff from the environmental side is very worrying and still seeing not a lot being done and you it's trying not to stay in that place of you know the fear and the worry for your kids and stuff and just be like right I've got to do what I can do while I'm here and try and like spread as much positivity and inspire other people to change as well so rather than just like freaking out about the whole thing I love that it's that whole what you've it's that ch be the change definitely we can't we can't change everything in the no. world but we are part of a collective who can make those radical changes within ourselves and that sounds definitely. like bringing with vv the super vegan i hope so <laughs> now, thank you so much um i'm going to just ask you to remind us where they where people can find you again and i will make sure that that is also included in the blurb for the podcast so yeah where so the, your website and the group that you hold if you could just tell us where that is that yeah of course well um so my website is www.vvthesupervegan.co.uk and we're on social media on instagram and facebook and um that is just vv the super vegan but the support group that I run with the, the four other mothers is just vegan mothers. 
but um yeah i can give you the link excellent i'll put that in the bio tina thank you so much for joining me today and we look forward to seeing your books on our shelves in our bookshops and on our home shelves as well <laughs> <laughs> enjoy the rest of your day brilliant thanks for having me sophie take care in the next episode i get to speak to michelle hall who is bringing to the stage in australia her show the dirty mother Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, give us a thumbs up, a five-star rating, or pass on to your friends. To connect with me, head to ifeelwild.com. <laughs>